Okay, well, let's get started. We're going to go ahead and read from Psalm 82 this morning. It says, God has taken his place in the divine council. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Give justice to the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver deliver them from the hand of the wicked. They have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I said, you are gods, sons of the Most High, all of you. Nevertheless, like men, you shall die and fall like any prince. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all the nations. So what's that saying? God is supremely just. He's supremely above all things. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's above all. He rules all. He's over all. He is the judge of all. Even kings and queens and princes and rulers have their place underneath his authority. He's supremely He's the supreme ruler. So let's stand this morning as we worship God. Father, I just thank you so much this morning. I pray that we you would help us to put aside the distractions, Lord God. Put aside the things that are weighing heavy on our minds and help us to just focus on you. To understand... Lord God, that you are above all, that you are the ruler of all, that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, God, and that you have the best, you have, you have the best interest, our best interests at heart. I thank you, God, that you, your desire is to bless us and to fellowship with us and to dwell among, among us. So we thank you for it. We praise you and give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk a little about mothers. Uh, I was 26 years old. My mother had a brain aneurysm. Never talked to her again. She was 54. And I went through most of my life. My biggest regret was that I wasn't nicer to her. That I never had a chance to tell her how much she meant to me and uh, how much I loved her but I was living in my pain you know I was a Christian but I was still walking in my pain and God doesn't want us to live in our pain to, to, to live out of our pain you know and to hold things and to carry things and to act stupid and say stupid stuff you know I lived in my pain and I'll regret it till the day I die, you know. But I know Ma would forgive me, you know. But I just want to pray for those who are living in their pain. Or be, you know, just Lord help us. Lord help us. Lord help us who are living in our pain. And we don't honor our Ma's the way we should. 
You know, the Bible says we need a lot of fathers, or the kingdom says we need a lot of fathers in the kingdom, but we need just as many mothers. We need just as many mothers. And when I see a woman of grace, you know, a woman of grace rising up in the kingdom with unconditional love and wisdom, that's a beautiful thing to behold. I see it here. I see it all over the place here. But God wants to raise up mothers in the kingdom as much as he wants to raise up fathers. Women of grace who can minister God to people. You know, that's a high calling. That is a high calling. I want to just say a prayer for the mothers who've experienced the pain of rejection from their own children. You know, uh, my own wife died experiencing that pain. You know, she never experienced reconciliation. You know, and that's a, I think it's tougher on my kids than it was ever tougher on her. You know, now they're dealing with it. She's gone. You know, you can only go to the cemetery so often. You know, so I want to say a little prayer about that. Lord, I just pray for the women who experience uh, pain of rejection from their own children, people that they've uh, laid their lives down for, you know, and never asking anything in return. But uh, somehow or some a son or a daughter is just uh, living in their own pain. God, make a way. Make a way to restore relationships that need to be restored. Make a way in your time, in your time, Lord. Make a way. I pray for, uh, for those mothers who've experienced that in Jesus' name. And I ask for healing in their heart. For healing in their heart. For peace in their soul. And uh, for continued faith as they go forward. Expecting that uh, reconciliation. You know, uh, mas, if nobody, mas lay down their life for their families. Mothers do like nobody else I've ever seen. They lay down their life for their kids. That's just the way it is. They always eat last at the table. You know, they've laid down their lives. I pray for the children who are maybe struggling with their own mas and how they're feeling. You know, I pray that they seek peace and ask God to heal their own hurt and to have the right words. You know, the Bible says they're supposed to be uh, ambassadors for Christ, ministers of reconciliation. And what we do is on us. You know, that's what, what we do is on us. We confess our faults. We seek forgiveness. We give forgiveness. So, Lord, help us all to do that. In Jesus' name. Worthy are you, Lord. Lord, you're so worthy. Thank you, Father God, for blessings. Thank you, Father God, for life, life more abundantly. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Glory to God. Well, we have a young mother here this morning. Would like to give a testimony. I heard you were here. I don't see you, but I heard you were here. She stepped out. <laughs> She's taking care of business. All right, well, when she comes back, praise the Lord. Turn with me to 1 Timothy. I'm sorry, 2 Timothy. Forgive me. 
2 Timothy chapter 1. It is Mother's Day, and as uh, we celebrate Mother's Day, we uh, I think of, of heritage. When, when someone is is uh, reaches the end of their life and passes away, and and you know I'm I'm a part of many of those services and funerals and memorial services and things. You go to them, and I I look around the room, and you see the effect of a person's life on a family. It's powerful. It's amazing that that you start talking to the family, you start talking to the kids, you start talking to the grandkids, and many times you start talking to the, the great-grandkids, and, and they are, they are they, you, you can hear the, the mannerisms, you can see the mannerisms, you can hear the words that that person used to even share. I mean, you just, it, it passes down, not just, uh, you know, your, the child's or the grandchild's love for, you know, the cookies that grandma used to have, but also you, you hear them through their grandchildren, and especially through your children. And so I always think of heritage, and that brings me to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Beginning with verse 3, Paul is talking to Timothy, and he says, I thank God, whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience. As I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, as I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. Verse 5, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. A godly heritage, a lineage of salvation, a lineage of, of uh, the kingdom of God evident in a family. Um, Mother's Day you know, automatically reminds me of my mother who is, who's passed away a number of years ago. But I think of uh, my mom was the one who led me to the Lord. I was four years old and uh, didn't want to take a nap. And uh, it was a sunny day. I remember it was sunny outside. I remember it was, it was a beautiful day, and you know, no kid wants to take a nap on a beautiful afternoon. So I started talking and uh, started asking questions. Now, the questions came from somewhere because I had been in, uh, in Sunday school the uh, weekend before, and they'd been talking about hell. And, uh, you know... You think about that, my Sunday school teacher for a four-year-old class was talking about hell. But then again, I've, I've heard about some of the things that happens in our children's ministry, and I think, you know what, that's probably normal. That's probably, I still remember uh, hearing about a uh, family's first time here at the church one time, and, and uh, 
they got in the car and were driving home. They did come back and become members of our church, you know, but they said that uh, they were asking the children what they learned in Sunday school, and they said, oh, they were talking about animal sacrifices. And uh, they described uh, what the children's pastor had done to a stuffed animal uh, with, <laughs> with fake blood and the whole thing. And it's just like, you know, I guess that's the way children's ministry is. I guess I never looked at it that way, but... But I was asking my mom lots of questions and asking her about hell, and, and she asked me the question. She said, which was, you know, praise God, she said, well, do you not want to go to hell? Well, that's an easy question, isn't it? You know, I didn't want to go to hell. No. I said, no. And she goes, well, the, the way you don't go to hell is you, you know Jesus. And that day she led me to the Lord. She, she prayed with me, shared, shared her faith with me. <laughs> But it didn't just come from my mom. I mean, there was, there was a, I was even thinking this morning that there's a godly heritage in our family that goes back as far as I know anything about. I mean, my, my mom's mom was a believer, uh, loved the Lord with all of her heart. You know, months, she lived to be in her 90s, and, you know, the last few months of her life, she was pretty much bedridden, couldn't move, couldn't get out of bed. And I was sitting talking to her, and she said, you know, she goes, John, why am I still here? And I said, well, obviously, Grandma, God still has a plan for your life. God still has someone for you to touch. And she was. She was just a, a godly woman. On my, on my dad's side, my, uh, my grandmother is, praise the Lord, the one who prayed me back into relationship with Jesus. My mom led me to the Lord at four, um, but, you know, which you don't have to do, I felt, you know, as many people do, which you don't have to do, I fell away from the Lord in college and uh, was running away from him. And I would, you know, my grandmother lived across the street from us. And uh, so, you you know, whenever I was around, I was, you know, obligated. Somebody shared with us this morning that Mother's Day is a holy day of obligation. And so, uh, (laughs) so, uh, I encourage you to fulfill your obligation today, uh, children and grandchildren. But, uh, you know, as I was obligated to go see Grandma, and, you know, I'd go over and see Grandma, and, and I won't describe the way I was living, but she, she could look at me and could tell there was, I wasn't living right. And, and I still remember Grandma looking, she goes, John, why are you living that way? I came here for the cookie, Grandma, just, you know, quit it. I was like, Grandma, you know, come on, you know, I'm, it's the way life is, and all my friends, and this, she goes, John, you know better. You grew up in the church. You grew up knowing Jesus. Praise God for Grandma. Praise God for Grandma. And uh, time passed, and, and I continued to reject Jesus, but one day the Lord uh, got through to me, and I was praying one day, and and I asked God, I said, you know, God, all those times I rejected you, all those times I pushed you away, and, and why did you give me another chance? And he, the Holy Spirit, spoke to my heart and said, because your grandma prayed and asked me to. Thank God for grandmas. Thank God for that grandma. Glory to God. So I was able, uh, when she passed away, I was able to be a part of that service, being able to minister at her service. So this, Praise God for a heritage. She used to tell me, well, actually, I, I knew my great-grandmother. She, was, she died in her middle 90s in the 1970s, 
And uh, I don't never had a lot of conversations with her. I always saw her. But when she passed away, you know, it's kind of that perfect world, you know, perfect end. She, she passed away in a rocking chair with her Bible on her lap with a smile on her face. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God for a godly heritage. And my grandmother used to tell me about her grandmother. And uh, I was just talking to somebody this week about it because we were talking about the world, the way, the way the world is and how end times. And, you know, obviously Jesus has got to come back soon. And my grandmother told me once that her grandmother said they were absolutely convinced they would never see 1900. Because there's no way that Jesus would, you know, that he could, you know, the, as bad as the world was at the time. And she lived through the, the Civil War. And she said, you know, as bad as the world was and the turmoil and everything else, there's no way that they would ever see 1900. And so there's a godly heritage as far back as I've ever heard. The thing is with that, that's amazing. It's wonderful to leave that. And, and it's wonderful to have that godly heritage. And it's a wonderful thing to leave that godly heritage for your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren and beyond. But what if you don't have that heritage? What if you're the first century or first uh, generation believer? Because many of you are. Because that's life. Because that's, you know, not everybody had that. And even, even those who had that kind of heritage still made stupid choices and did stupid things. But what about if you're a first generation or or you know maybe your your mother got got uh, born again about the same time you did or whatever and there's not that lineage of of history of christianity then start a new one start a new heritage start a new lineage of 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 salvation and and life and it's important that as you're developed as you're living your life you know you always hear that people are are watching you people are listening to you people are paying attention to how you're living your life and i believe that no more true is that than for children watching their mother children watching how their mother lives her life what what's important to her, to the mother what how mother handles uh stress which you know sometimes it's not pretty but um <laughs> I don't know why I looked at you. I didn't mean that. It's not what. I mean, praise God! Praise God that that Debbie is born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. Because there was a day I was sitting in my office. The kids were very young, and my phone rings. And I and I picked up my phone and I, I look. I see it's Debbie, and I said, "Hi, honey. How you doing? Come home." <laughs> I, I go, right, I'll be right there. I said, pray in the Holy Ghost, guys. And I'm, I'm out the door because I was here. And uh, I get home, and, and it was crazy. The, the Debbie had been rewriting a song, uh, re-transposing a song, uh, which we have never played since. I don't think it's just too many horrible, horrible memories. She was, she was focusing on transposing this song, and the kids were, what, two and four? You know, and barely made three and five, but they were two and four, and... <laughs> And, they, and I walked into the, into the house, and I went, oh my gosh. The kids are on the couch like this. 
And Debbie has met me at the door and she just goes, I said, go shopping, go, 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 go. And she just walked out the door and didn't come back until it was done. She called and said, is there, I walk in the house and in our, when you walked in, the, there we had carpet and the whole carpet, they, they were playing quietly. They were playing so quietly and so well. It was amazing. It, it was just beautiful. You know, Debbie was like, oh, they're, they're, they're getting along. Everything is wonderful. And, and they, but they had, Ethan had taken this big bucket of water and put soap in it, and they decided to wash all their toys, all their play toys, all their play dishes in, the, in this pan, in this bucket, in the middle of the living room. And the water had splashed all, I mean, it had filled the, we had to, he had to go get the, the shop back and suction the water out of the, and then as I walk in, I'm going, oh my gosh. And I, I turn and I look and, and there was this, we have double doors that go into a spare bedroom slash whatever den. And they had these beautiful, uh, purple, what, not purple, burgundy, burgundy curtains. And they had taken a scissors and cut holes from top to bottom. <laughs> Because they thought it would look pretty. Tally thought it would be like really pretty to, to do that. And so the holes were cut in there. And, and I was like, I turned around and said, what were you guys thinking? They go, mommy, mommy mad. Mommy. <laughs> yes, mommy's mad. Yes. And then I walk in and as far up as they could reach, there was like, it looked like a permanent uh, marker on the walls, all the way around the living room and the dining room and the kitchen and on all of our new cabinets. We had just put new faces on all the cabinets and they were across all. And I'm, what were you thinking? She was gone for hours. And uh, put them to work and cleaned everything up. And, and, you know, but praise God. For the Holy Ghost, because I would have had no kids. My wife would still be in prison, and yeah, I mean, it was just. <laughs> Praise God for a pardon. Kids are supposed to go. No, this is for the kids. Right on the walls, kids. Kids are dismissed. Thank you for being here. Yeah, me corazon, you know, never to be heard again. A godly heritage, a godly heritage passed down. When, uh, when a husband and wife get married, not everybody, I mean, we, we thought about not having kids. We did. We, we thought about not having children. We had waited uh, 11 years, 11 years, didn't have kids. We had a number of goals that we wanted to accomplish and we accomplished those and then we got to the point then you get that far and you start thinking you know i i don't know i kind of like being selfish and and not and not doing what i want when i want how i want and i'm not i'm not i'm not ripping anybody else i just i didn't know that i wanted to change my lifestyle to incur you know in, in involve somebody else because you know you you can you can live your life exactly how you want anytime you want how you know it's it's awesome but then we started talking about it, and we and we prayed about it, and and uh, decided, you know, I, I think we need to have kids. So we had kids, and and we were right. It was much nicer not having kids. You know, at first it was, <clears throat> you go to sleep when you want, you wake up when you want, 
You walk out the door when you want. You can do anything you want, almost anything you want, whenever you want. I mean, it is. It is just really, really nice to be free. And uh, then you have children and you're not. And you're not. And I, you know, those of you who have grandkids and your kids are all out of the house, you're still not. Because you're still, they're, they're in your heart, you know, they're still, and you still feel responsible for them. It's, and it's the way life should be. It's the way life should be. It's, you know, when God created Adam and Eve, the whole idea was to fill the earth. The whole idea was to have life continue on, life to grow. Now, life was never supposed to end back then, but here we are in a world where life does end at a certain point, and it's, it is a godly heritage to raise children, to, to have children, to raise children. It's, you know, there are people who don't, and, that's, and there's people who don't get married. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. And Paul says that in many ways that's, it's a blessed life. It's, it's, there's a whole purpose for someone in that situation. So it's not just, uh, you know, the only thing that's important is kids, but, but it's, there's a place in the kingdom where kids are so vital. You know, praise God that that uh, we have a number of families with with uh, lots of kids, and that's that's beautiful. I my brother had uh, my brother and his wife had twelve children, and uh, you know they the the best parts was hearing that they had left somebody somewhere and you know driven off without them and thinking everybody was in the van and they weren't and and then, you know I mean there's all the fun fun stories. <clears throat> my nephew one time says. I haven't seen Jonathan in like weeks. Has anybody seen Jonathan? Where is he? And they, everybody starts laughing. He says, why are you laughing? And they said, he went to college three weeks ago. You know, it's just... <laughs> Big families. It's awesome. It's beautiful. Never a dull moment. But why do we have kids? Why do we have kids in the natural? Why... why Really and truly importantly, why are, why are we supposed to have kids in the Spirit? The kingdom of God isn't supposed to be just for yourself. It's not just meant for you to have a life that gets sorted out and figured out and, and you get blessed and you're, you're taken care of and your sins are forgiven and you get to go to heaven and all those kind of things. Christianity is about God so loved the world that He gave His Son to die on the cross that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. A husband and wife get together and the natural progression is children. Well, when Christians get together, there should be spiritual children. That is the natural progression. Animals have babies. Animals have, you know, our, our backyard this week. I was sitting having coffee and the rabbits are back. And they're chasing each other around the backyard. My guess in a few weeks there's going to be little rabbits chasing Filling the earth with life. Filling Filling the birds are, are making nests. Why? Not, not to just have a place to, to sleep, 
But they're having, they're, it's, they're getting ready for children. It's the natural progression of life. A church is not made to be just a safe place for us. It's a place to create a habitation where children can be born. Physical children, yes. But even more, I believe importantly, is spiritual children. The purpose of, my brother says one time, he said, if, if all this was was about me getting saved, then why not get saved and go to heaven? Why not just be done? Because it's not just about me. It's not just about us four and no more. This, the rest of my life should be about not another person that I ever meet that goes to hell. Not another person that I run into doesn't have an opportunity to know that they don't have to live this way anymore. The Bible says that children are a godly heritage. But the same thing goes for spiritual children. People you lead to the Lord. <clears throat> People who get born again because of your life and your, your witness. Just like children are watching the parents and children are watching the grandparents, the people around you are watching you. What are they picking up? What are they seeing? What are they hearing? What is it that, that they go home at the end of the night and think, you know, I spent all day with that person and this is what I get from them. This is what I hear from them. This is, this is the, the purpose of their life. This is, this is what it's all about. What it should be all about is to show them Jesus. And when they trust you, when they hear you, when, they, when they'll actually listen, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> when they'll actually listen, then you give them the answer for the hope that you have. And it doesn't have to be theological. It doesn't have to be deeply theological. It can just be the truth. It can just be hope. It doesn't have to be all of it in one time. You know, fishing season. I don't know who thought up of opening fishing season on Mother's Week, Mother's Day weekend. What were they thinking? Hello. They weren't thinking. No, they weren't. Holy day of obligation. You know, here we are. I see you're not all fishing today. <laughs> wise people, wise. Why did I talk about fishing? Yes! Thank you. That is exactly why. Thank you, John, for following along. Mother's Day. Children fishing. Catching fish. You don't have to catch. Or, you know, I have, a, uh, I have a friend. When I go fishing with them, it's hilarious. I know it's coming every time. And, and they do it every time. I don't think they do it. I know they don't do it knowingly. They, just, they, they believe that you must set the hook as hard as you possibly can. Pull the lips right off. So they pull the lips right off, yeah. So they, they get, the thing starts to nibble, and all of a sudden, wham, they set the hook. Gracious sakes, have a little finesse. <laughs> Have a little touch. Have a little feel here. And I tease him every time. It's like, well, you, you know, that one will never do it again. I can tell you that. It's got nothing to bite with anymore. <laughs> Same thing when we're sharing our faith. 
Sometimes you just need to share your faith and walk away. Sometimes you just need to give that, that hope, that word of hope, and let it, and let it simmer. Let it, let it work. Let it cook. But give it. Give that word. And knowing what to give. The purpose of the church is to, is to spread the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, to the world. That's why we're here. And the natural process of that then is new life. If there's not new life, then something is out of balance. You know, education is awesome. You're going to hear about the Bible school is starting up. We're having a, an informational meeting. Bible school is awesome, but what's the purpose of the Bible school? It's not to just gain more knowledge. It's to prepare us to be able to give an, an even better answer, a more full answer, a, a more seasoned answer. We're starting, we're starting uh, or we're going to be building on classrooms. Why are we building on classrooms? So that we can say we have more classrooms? No, we're building on classrooms so that people can be trained up to be able to re- be ready to give a better answer, give a more full answer, give a more seasoned answer. We're going to be starting the Bible school. We're, we're churches in the St. Croix River Valley. We've, we've already started in Prescott a few weeks ago, and we're going to be continuing with that. And that's why that's so exciting. To me, it's extremely exciting. But why is it exciting? So that we can say, oh, now we have four churches like us. No, has, that has nothing to do with it. What it is, is statistically it has been proven. There, I could show you the statistics that says the best way to touch a whole region, a whole area, is to plant a church in the middle of it. And then that church doesn't just, that just because there's a building there or a group of people doesn't do anything. They then have to start reaching out. It's still about evangelism. It's still about sharing our faith. It's still about uh, giving birth or have, helping with the birth of a new life in Christ. This whole thing, everything that we're living, everything that we're doing, everything that we should be a part, I should be a part, you should be a part, everything is about souls. It's about souls. If it's not, then there's something out of balance in our lives. If, there, if it's not about souls, if, if I'm not, and I am, and I can't, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, this is being recorded, and I can't share all the stories, but there are people that I'm in relationship with right now that my main focus and goal is for them to hear the gospel. Now, they're not going to be a notch on a belt or a, you know, it's, it's not just to get a gold star. No, I care about them. It's not just to, to you know, these people God has put in my life for a reason. But it's not just to have another person I know. It's so that they get to know Jesus. One day at a time, one word at a time, one opportunity at a time. Hey, I'm praying for you. Hey, we, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or just spending a whole day with them and saying nothing about Jesus, but loving them. That's what this is about. It's about the kingdom. It's about souls. But if we lose the sight about the souls, if we lose the, 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 the perspective that we're doing this because people need to know Jesus. And, well, I'm going to let somebody else do that. I'm going to let Vern and Mary do that because they do that every Monday night. Uh, you know, they, they go out on the streets and, and Wayne and Patty go on the streets and John Pierre goes on the streets. Different people are out on the streets on a weekly basis now that it's warm. You know what? Praise God our church uh, is, is reaching out. Well, that's, praise God our church is reaching out. 
But who's in your life? Who's the person that God has in your life? Who's the, the co-worker? Who's the student sitting in the chairs next to you? Who's, who's the person that is across the street or next door? Every one of us. Every one of us. This has to be about souls. Otherwise, we're just playing a game. We're just, we're just doing something that feels good and, and I like coming here because you guys are awesome and I love hanging out with you and that's, you are awesome and we're going to hang out for eternity, but let's get more people hanging out for eternity. Let's get more people into the kingdom. Not so we have a notch, but so that He has, an, has one less person made in His image spending eternity separated from Him. This is about souls. Amen? Amen. Katie, are you, can you give your testimony? Awesome. Happy first Mother's Day. <laughs> oh. oh, thanks. Um, well, for those of you who don't know, I'm Katie, um, and I just wanted to share something that happened about a year ago, and I felt like I should share it for a while, but I get nervous talking in front of people, so I've postponed it. Um, but basically, um, I just wanted to share, Andrew and I uh, had been trying for a baby, and it had been kind of taking a while, and um, obviously you guys all know the end to the story. <laughs> Um, but, uh, my body basically wasn't doing what it was supposed to and there were, um, things wrong and stuff. And, um, and at the time our church and our small group was talking about healing a lot and it was just coming up a lot. Um, and I believed in healing, but was sort of skeptical. Um, I had a little sister that was born severely handicapped and, um, and she wasn't healed before she was taken to heaven. Um, so it was just something that I was struggling with at the time and trying to process through. Um, so I can't even, um, I guess the moment where it changed was uh, Pastor John Moe actually came and spoke last February um, 2017. And I can't even remember what he said exactly, but there was just a moment I remember when it just clicked in my head and I, f I felt like I just believed, like it just clicked. And um, I kind of journaled about it a little bit and then didn't think about it. And then turns out my body after that started working and doing what it was supposed to every month. Um, and yeah, it was crazy when I looked back and I read my journal entry and then um, realized what had happened and that I was healed. Uh, and then, um, yeah, so we we were still hoping for a baby. It was had been about a year. Um, and I was praying about it one night, and I just felt confirmation in my spirit. He just said, yes. Um, and from that moment, I knew I was, I was growing that little guy inside me and um, just lived it out and Andrew was kind of like don't get your hopes up but I was like I just know <laughs> um, and sure enough he's here so I just wanted to share that with everyone and um, praise God so. Yeah.